Let's sing about sunlight. Love it. Amen. That's awesome. Taylor, come here and open us up in prayer if you would, buddy. Make your way up to the pulpit tonight, son. I love putting young people on the spot. Amen. Uh, young preacher, I want you to come pray for us tonight. While he comes, let me give you one other crest. Come on up here, son. Uh, I want you to pray for Inez. That's one of the Hancock sisters, Sister Linda's sister, Olene's sister. Uh, they were just sharing with us before church that she's had a stroke. Uh, they think, and she's in the hospital, so pray for her. Lots of requests we gave you this morning, and we ask you to remember those. And then my father-in-law starts revival today. He's got Brother Heath Williams Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, so pray for them if you would. They start at what time, baby? 7.30, so pray for that revival. Great young preacher that the Lord will bless them. Joyful sounds will be singing as well. Come open us up in uh, prayer tonight, buddy. Let's join Night Taylor together right here, son. All right. Good. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for all the blessings that you shower down upon us, Lord. I just lift up all the prayer requests that are out there tonight, Lord. Uh, you know them, Lord, and I just lift them up to you, Lord. And I just pray for this church right now, Lord. And uh, I just pray that your will will be done here, Lord. And I just uh, pray for this country right now, Lord. And though it seems like a dark and terrible place, Lord, I pray that they turn eyes back onto you, Lord, because you are the one true king, Lord, and one day every knee shall bow down before you, Lord. I pray that if there's anyone here tonight that does not know you as their personal Lord and Savior, that they come to know you tonight, Lord. Use the preacher tonight in a very powerful way, Lord. Let your words be said through him, Lord, and we ask all these things in your son's precious holy name, and everybody said, amen. Tonight, Brother Ken will lead us. Go ahead, Brother Page Ken. 162, Living by Faith. We'll sing the first verse, of course. Have a time of fellowship. Hymn number 162. I care not today what tomorrow may bring. It's shadow or sunshine or rain. The Lord I know. Awesome. 
Thank you very much. Let me give you quick announcements and reminders. First of all, those of you that's been with us here all day today, I appreciate you hanging around and uh, staying for services tonight. Uh, my son said this years ago when he was preaching one time, but I think it bears repeating. I promise to be what Elizabeth Taylor said to her fourth husband. I won't keep you very long tonight. Amen. Uh, but we're going to have a good time this evening. Uh, and I appreciate you hanging out with us. Let me give you a couple of announcements. Don't forget, next Sunday, the Wisnets will be with us. Uh, they begin, So we begin services at 1045. Uh, no Sunday school, as they'll be setting up during the Sunday school hour. And we will have drama practice uh, at 3 o'clock. Our nursery workers are provided for us anytime we have a special service. I get someone from the child care center, so you'll be able to enjoy that on Sunday. And then, of course, we are doing practice. The scene is listed there. If that needs to change, we'll put it out. You let me know, Miss Pam. Uh, don't forget the uh, Operation Christmas Child. Uh, make sure you get those boxes taken if you want to do one yourself. They're due by November the 8th. And again, if you can include the $9, uh, please do so. But if not, we've already had some plenty turned in. Uh, we appreciate everybody being so good to us in that capacity. All right. Come on down tonight, ushers. Josh, you come get ready to sing for us, young man. You stood up, Shane. I didn't know if you was coming to sing with him there, buddy. Yeah, man. Boy, look at him turning beet red right there. <laughs> we'll ask God's blessings upon the offering tonight. And then Brother Jostle will sing for us this evening. Let's, let's pray together. Father, we love you tonight, and we're glad to be in your midst. We thank you for the opportunity that you've provided tonight. We sure don't take for granted the fact that church doors are open, but more importantly, that folks are here tonight to come here from heaven. Lord, I pray that you'd bless the preaching time, bless the offering, Josh, as he sings now in Christ's name. Amen. I was clothed in the rags of my sin, wretched and poor, lost and lonely within. But with wondrous compassion, the King of all kings, in pity and love, took me under. child of the King, His royal blood now flows in my veins, and I who was wretched and poor now can sing, praise God, praise God, I'm a child made me his own now i'm cleansed by his blood and i'm clothed in his love and someday i'll see with the angels above oh yes oh yes 
sound just like that when I sing that song. That's awesome. What y'all laughing about? Psalm 23 this morning, if this evening. Psalm 23, morning, evening, it's all good. Psalm 23, we're going to finish tonight. We've been looking at this for a few Sunday nights. I realize it's been a couple of weeks since we uh, studied this. We will finish verses 4, 5, and 6 tonight. But I want us to go ahead and read the whole psalm again. Psalm 23, a psalm of David, and I'll remind you this is being written by a young shepherd boy who knew more as a teenager than many adults ever come to realize uh, in their full adulthood. A beautiful psalm. There is a reason why it's one of the most popular parts of Scripture, if not the most popular part. There are several elements that we will look at tonight. We will pay particular attention to verses 4, 5, and 6, but let's look at the whole psalm together one more time tonight. Beginning in verse number 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I'll pause there a moment and say that in the first three verses, David is talking to us, if you will, about him. I'm going to speak to you in just a little bit about the poetic language that he uses and how important that is. But bear in mind that in the first three verses, it's almost as if he's talking to someone else about the Lord, talking about the fact that the Lord is his shepherd, talking about how good God is and how he restores his soul. But it switches directions in verse number four, and now instead of speaking outwardly, David is speaking upwardly. He's talking to God, if you will, about himself, or talking to God about God. Look at verse four. Yea... Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me, the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my cup with oil. My cup, or thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Let me read it again since I was quoting it and did it wrong. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Verse 6, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. To really understand the beauty of the language and the beauty of what's being talked about, you need to acknowledge the fact and understand the fact that this is a piece of poetry, that all of the psalms are songs, if you will, that were originally poems set to music, much like we have today in our hymn book. And as such, there is all kinds of poetic language that is used, and nowhere is that more evident than Psalm 23 as you see some beautiful imagery that's taking place. I'll explain that in just a moment as we get to it. 
But I want you to understand that you need to realize that, that what is being shown here takes advantage of some of this poetic language. For example, when David said uh, in verse number 5, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies, you understand that he is not saying that somewhere out on the hillside there's a very literal table that God's prepared. It's a piece of poetic language uh, that David is using to, using to express a thought or express a feeling. We'll talk about what that means. You also understand uh, that when we get into that poetic language, it sets the imagery, if you will. So by that, we understand that in verses 4, 5, and 6, when David now directs his attention upward to God, he's speaking of the fact that God is the shepherd, we are the sheep. That in and of itself is a bit of poetic language. So I want to give you the final message tonight that I've entitled, The Excitement of the Sheep. The Excitement of the Sheep. Because when David turns his attention heavenward, when he directs his attention to God and begins talking about how good God is, it's almost, I think, as if he can't contain himself. He begins to express praise for God, and he bursts out in some poetic language that really helps us get the imagery of what David is trying to say. What is he praising God for? I'll give you very quickly tonight, verse by verse, three things that David is praising God for. Number one, he's praising God for the shepherd's power. He's praising him for the shepherd's power. Look at verse number four and ask ourselves, what is it uh, that the shepherd is providing? Well, it says in verse number four, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. So if I were to tell you tonight, and I hope you'll amen me, uh, that one of the great things that the shepherd provides for his sheep uh, is a sense of peace beyond all human understanding. What do I mean by that? Well, I like the fact that the Bible says that David writes uh, that he's walking through the valley of the shadow of death. What does that mean? You understand uh, that a shadow can't hurt you. You understand that a shadow has no power upon you. You recognize the fact that shadows are dark. Uh, sometimes shadows are scary. Uh, sometimes they seem to come from nowhere. Uh, but can we stop a minute and say amen to the fact that a shadow cannot harm anybody? But listen carefully. This is the best part. The only way to have shadow is because light is somewhere you can't see it. Think about that for just a second. You don't have shadows unless you have light. You don't have darkness unless you have the contrast of light. So when you stand out, in fact, two years ago, uh, I, my wife and I were listening to uh, Barry Rowland's latest CD. The title of it was The Light. And, and as I was listening to a Kyla song that she wrote, it struck me with the imagery that she had written, very similar to the language that's here in Psalm 23. There's not enough dark to put out the light, I want you to understand that when you're standing out uh, in a day and you see a shadow, the only reason there's a shadow there is because in the heavens there's a light. So listen to me, folks. Uh, when shadows come your way, when darkness falls your direction, uh, when it seems like there's a storm coming, uh, you can rest in the fact that there's a shadow because there is a light uh, hiding behind the clouds. Listen to me carefully. Shadows can never harm a child of God. And to the child of God, the shepherd brings peace. Would you amen? Peace is something that our world needs a lot of today. Peace is something that our homes stand in need of today. Peace is something that our churches stand in need of today. Peace is something that our individual lives stand in need of today. And I'll submit to you tonight uh, that there will, no build, there will be no peace absent the Lord Jesus Christ. The shepherd 
brings peace. Not only does the shepherd bring peace, I want you to know that he also brings protection. Notice again in verse number four, David goes on to say, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Put in your mind's eye, if you would please, the image of a shepherd. There are two instruments that the shepherd always has with him. Oftentimes, they are combined into one, but typically, uh, they are two different instruments, one of which we're very familiar with. It's the shepherd's crook. That's the staff. The second element that the shepherd always has with him is a much smaller instrument pointed at one end, a rod. Sometimes uh, that shepherd's crook would have a pointy tip to it uh, so that the staff uh, and the rod are combined into one element, but oftentimes the shepherd would have one in each hand, a staff in one and a rod in the other. And David, in his analogy, in his poetic language, he says uh, that those two elements, uh, they bring me comfort. Why? What do they do? Well, I want you to note with me what the staff is. The staff was a long pole with a crook near the end, and with this staff, the shepherd would literally correct the sheep. You've probably seen it happen before. As a shepherd is leading the sheep, and the sheep begin to get out of the line, he takes that shepherd's crook, and he gently guides them into a direction. We talked a couple of weeks ago, if a sheep falls into a rock or to a crevice uh, and it gets to a place where, humanly speaking, he can't lift him out, uh, he simply takes that shepherd's crook down to where the sheep has fallen, gently lifts him out. Uh, In other words, because of the element of the staff, uh, the shepherd says, I have your back, I'm protecting you. And there's also the rod. What does the rod do? Well, I shared with you a few weeks ago Sheep have no defense mechanism. They don't have teeth. They don't have fangs. They don't have claws. Uh, They have nothing wherewith they can defend themselves. Listen carefully. They are totally dependent upon the shepherd for protection. Listen. When the, when, the, when the tiger comes around, when the bear comes around, when the wolf comes around, what is the sheep going to do? Can't do a thing. He depends upon the shepherd. What is the shepherd going to do? Physically in and of himself, he can't defeat a wolf, uh, but he's got a rod that can. In and of himself, he can't handle a bear, but he's got a rod that can. So when the sheep look at the shepherd and they recognize that a shepherd's got a staff and a shepherd's got a rod, that sheep stands back and says, I know God can take care of me. Can we park just a minute and shout for about 10 minutes? Shout about the fact, celebrate the fact uh, that wherever we're going in life, God can take care of us. Uh, Whatever we're facing in life, God can take care of us. Uh, You've not fallen into a crevice that's so deep he can't lift you out of. Uh, You've not gotten yourself into a mess that's so bad he can't rescue you out of. Thank God the shepherd cares for the sheep. There's his presence. There's his protection. Notice, secondly tonight, not only do we have the shepherd's power, There's praise for the shepherd's provision. The poetic language really becomes beautiful in verse number five. The imagery that David creates with word images here are really spectacular. Look at what he says. What is it that the shepherd provides or gives? Verse number five. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. 
that phrase tonight reminds us that in the midst of the battle, the shepherd gives rest. Why does that matter? You understand tonight, at least I hope you do, that the Christian walk, the Christian life, is a battlefield. The Christian life is a battlefield. And I've said to you a thousand times, the battlefield for the believer tonight is right here between your ears. The battle for the mind is the battle of the Christian today. Everywhere you go, your mind is inundated with sinfulness. Everywhere you go, there's imagery coming into your eyes, to your mind, uh, to your mind, through your ears. Everywhere you go, sinfulness is all around us. And every once in a while, we just need a little bit of rest from the battle. Put yourself on the battlefield. The enemy is nigh at hand, attacking from every direction. Coming this way, coming that way, this way, that way. Everywhere you turn, the enemy is all around you. And it's time to eat. You know as well as I do that if it's time to eat, you're going to gobble that up real quickly. You're going to keep your mind glued to that enemy. You're not going to put your head down. You're not going to do anything to keep your face off the enemy because the second you drop your guard, you know what's going to happen. The enemy has you. But David says, for the child of God, it's not like that. For the child of God, he prepares a table before us in the presence of the enemy. That's a beautiful word image, folks. And it reminds all of us that for the child of God, there is rest for the battlefield. I like to think that's what church is really all about where we come for a little while, uh, where we set aside the muck and the junk of the week, uh, and we rest in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. But he doesn't stop there. Look again at verse 5. Not only does he provide rest, the shepherd also provides remedies. I love this. In the middle of verse 5, he says, Thou anointest thy head with oil. Another word image. Another piece of poetic language. David is not suggesting that he is literally having his head anointed by God. He's using word imagery here to help the reader understand what it is that God provides in his relationship with the the sheep. You need to understand where I think David's going here. Because I believe there's two images that I think are in place. First of all, whenever a sheep would get injured. Whenever a sheep would wander away, it would not be unusual for that sheep to get tangled up in the brush and the thicket. It would not be unusual for that sheep uh, to find himself uh, in the midst of briars. And typically, uh, because of the nature of the sheep's body, uh, two places would get caught. Uh, The legs would get tore up because they're so spindly and bare, and the head would get tore up. The body tends to be okay because why? The sheep's covered in what, folks? wool. The body is okay. There's no worry about the body, but that head is exposed and those legs are exposed. When that sheep gets caught up in the thicket and gets its head and face all tore up, that shepherd in tender lovingness would take a salve, an oil salve, if you will, and apply it to the forehead of that sheep, much like we do Neosporin today to provide that sheep a taste of healing oil. But it goes even further. 
You see, you need to understand that when guests are invited into a home, they were anointed with oil to show them how much they meant to the host. You'll even see one element of this in the play that, 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 that the church is working on. When someone walks into a stranger's home, when they walk into a, uh, as a guest, uh, typically if they were an unknown guest, uh, they would almost always be offered a basin to wash their feet. That's for everybody. But if you were a special guest, if you were someone who was very well loved and very much wanted or desired, you would also be given oil to anoint your head. That meant you're welcome here, you are loved here. May I say to you, that is the image that God is painting for us tonight. Aren't you glad that he loves us, he welcomes us, and he wants us? Provides remedies. Provides rest. But he also provides rejoicing again using another image David writes at the end of verse 5 my cup runneth over now there's lots of applications that we have used for that you'll hear people say and rightfully so my cup is so full of blessing that it's running over there was even a song written I think brother Bobby has sung it once or twice I'm drinking from my saucer because my cup is overflowed. Beautiful word image. We get the picture here. We understand what that means. But I want to give you a little bit of background on what I think David is getting at. Again, you're a guest in a home. A dinner's being served. The conversation is going great. But if the end is coming to the end, if the party's coming to an end, and the, the, the guest, the homeowner, the, is filling up the water, if you will, and he only feels it halfway full, that's your cue that you know it's almost time to leave. Let me say that again. When he comes around and he pours water into the pitcher glass or into your glass, if he only feels it halfway, that's a cue that lets you know that the party's coming to an end. It's almost time to pack up. We're shutting it down. But if that owner continues to fill that water up to the brim, it's a message that says, I want you here. I don't want you to leave. We're just getting started. Uh, things are going to keep on happening. Uh, you're a welcome presence here. Please don't leave. I think that's what David might be getting at. When he says, when I come into the presence of the Lord, he doesn't give me a halfway full cup. He fills it to overflowing. My cup runneth over. What does that mean? That means, and I hope you'll amen, you are never unwelcome in God's house. You are never unwelcome in the presence of God. You are never unwelcome when God gets around you. He always wants you there. Number one tonight. Number one, look with me. We'll read verse number six again, but number one, we said tonight that uh, there's praise for power. Number two, there's praise for provision. Then there's also praise for promise. Notice what he says in verse number six. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Of my life. To understand this, what image it's being painted here, I want to tell you a little story that I read years and years and years ago. As a young preacher, 
I read it, I was given a book of illustrations. Illustrations are much like parables. They're stories that help prove a point in a way that will make you understand what it is that's being talked about. There was in a particular church, according to this illustration, a man who was rather odd, called him Uncle Bud. Uncle Bud was kind of like the crazy uncle that we've got that we don't talk about uh, on Sundays, that we kind of keep him down in the basement. uh, But then when the family gets together, we parade him around for everybody to see. (laughs) Uncle Bud. Uncle Bud loved the Lord. Uncle Bud loved the Lord with all of his heart. As Uncle Bud began to age, he started talking to himself. He would sit in the church pew and, and, and just jabber, 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 and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. Kind of reminds me, those of you who are at Amazing Grace with us in the old building, you may remember the fellow that we had right over here for the life of me. I can't remember his name. Help me out, somebody. But, huh? Yeah, Brother Stowe, that's right, Brother Stowe. Uh, he would talk to himself. Um, one of the funniest moments of my life ever preaching was when I mentioned in the middle of a sermon, Amazing Grace, and he busts out of Amazing Grace uh, right in the middle. I just stopped and let him preach uh, or let him sing. And then when he got finished, he took his teeth out, looked at him, and put him right back in his head. <laughs> Amen. Am I making, I'm not lying. I'd have a guest evangelist, and I'd say, let me tell you about Brother Stowe. <laughs> You don't just worry about him, Brother Stowe. Let him do his thing. If you say a song he knows, he's going to sing it. He's going to pop his teeth out, look at him, and pop him right back in. I'll be good. Uncle Bud was like Brother Stowe. And he got to talking to himself. Got to the point where some of the church folks didn't like it. So they went to the preacher. The preacher goes to Brother Bud, Uncle Bud and said, Uncle Bud, you're going to have to tune it down just a little bit. Folks are not comfortable about that. So Uncle Bud said, what do you mean, talking to myself? I'm not talking to myself. The preacher looked at him and said, Uncle Bud, you're sitting by yourself. Of course you're talking to yourself. Uh, Uncle Bud said, preacher, uh, I'm not talking to myself. I'm having a conversation, but I'm not talking to myself. I got Bible to prove it. Preacher looked at him and said, Uncle Bud, I I know you're getting up in years. You've done a lot of good work here. We love you. Uh, We don't want to hurt your feelings, but you have got to stop talking to yourself. Uh, Uncle Bud looked at the preacher and said, Preacher, uh, you may not know your Bible like I know my Bible, uh, but I got two companions with me, one on either side. Preacher said, Uncle Bud, you're sitting by yourself. You don't have anybody. Uh, And Uncle Bud said, "Uh uh-uh, preacher, I got goodness uh, and I got mercy. uh, And they're going to follow me all the days of my life. And so I'm going to talk to goodness and mercy as long as the Lord gives me breath. I don't know about you, but I like Uncle Bud's theology. (laughs) Now, you get the picture here. What David is literally saying is he's never walking alone. He's never by himself. Uh, Every step he goes, he's got the mercy of God. He's got the grace of God. He's got the presence of God. As long as he, as a sheep, is following in the will of the shepherd, he never has to worry about, is he by himself? He's got God's present today. Not just today, tomorrow. Well, notice the last clause. You know it. We recite it all the time. He says in verse 6, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You see, there's promises for today, but there's promises for tomorrow. Now, there's an awful lot of scholars 
an awful lot of commentators that I've read after that think that David is referring to the tabernacle, that think that David is referring to the tabernacle in the wilderness or the tabernacle that would we think of as the place of worship today. But I want you to think with me for just a second. When he says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Do you think that David was intending to dwell in the tabernacle forever? I don't. I think what David is looking forward to uh, is the time period when he, as the sheep, uh, will be living with the shepherd in a place that lasts forever. Let me give it to you another way. If there were no heaven, the Christian life would be worth it right now. Having God's presence, having God's mercy, having God's protection, having God's guidance, having all of the blessings that we have, would you amen me that it would be worth it if we didn't even have a heaven? Having God right now would be worth it. But look at me. There is a heaven. There is a place where we'll never say goodbye. There is a place where we'll never shed another tear. There is a place where there'll never be another misunderstanding. There is a place uh, where we'll never have to worry uh, about dying, uh, saying goodbye, going to the hospital, taking prayer. I don't think we fully grasp all of the glories uh, that will be there, but I don't think we grasp all the things that won't be there. No more sin. No more suffering. No more preacher, pray for this person. Pray for that person. There will be nothing but the presence of the Lord. You ever been in a service where you just didn't want it to end? Where it felt like the presence of God was so thick. that, or, and, and maybe it's a church service. Maybe it's even in your own car where you just felt like the presence of God was right side of you. I've been in services sometimes where I thought, man, I hope this doesn't end. I just need this to keep going and keep going because I don't want to have to go face the world tomorrow. Anybody else been like that? Amen. Would you look at me? Heaven's going to be light. Won't be any. You look down at the psalm and let's read it together and we'll be done. I don't normally do this kind of reading out loud, but let's do it together. Let's read it out loud together. Can we do that? Psalm 23, 1, 2, 3. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pasture. He leadeth me beside still water. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 22, all about Jesus in the past. Psalm 24, 
all about Jesus in the future. Psalm 23, what we need right now. Sheep need shepherd. Listen, sheep need to follow shepherd. Sheep wander away from the shepherd. We get ourselves in a mess of trouble. Only way to receive the blessings of the shepherd, follow wherever he Stand together today. Look in, come get us one verse this evening. One verse tonight. For those of you that's been with us all day, I know you've had a long day. I'm glad that when our bodies get physically wore out, when our fatigue sets in, we can comfort, take comfort in the fact that he is an on-time, ever-present help in a time of need. I'm going to have just one verse of invitation tonight. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands. But if God has spoken to you about something you're dealing with, a situation in your life, something that you're facing, and you need the presence of the shepherd, intervene in a miraculous way. With heads bowed and eyes closed, nobody's looking. I want you just to slip out tonight if you want to make your way to this altar. I see folks already moving. If you want to, as one of God's sheep, just make your way to this altar to talk about a special prayer request between you and the Lord. You come on tonight. Brother Ken sings for us. thank you for the time tonight. Lord, thank you for your presence this evening. Thank you for your presence during our services today. Lord, thank you for the reminder that you are an ever-present help, even 
when we don't understand the way that you're going, Lord, and when we don't even understand the direction you're leading, as sheep, we take comfort and knowledge that you do all things well. Lord, we have folks in our congregation who are walking through that very valley that's described in Psalm 23. But I'm so glad tonight that for the child of God, it is just a shadow. Lord, I pray that you strengthen. Thank you for your blessings upon us. Lord, I pray for our church as we continue, Lord, to do your work in this community. Bless us now. We'll thank you and praise you in Christ's name. Amen. You're dismissed tonight. Shake hands with Wes and Summer. They'll be heading back on the field Tuesday. You're dismissed tonight.